Hey, this is Bez Stone. And this is Freya Dietrich. And welcome to the Infinite Relating Podcast. Hello, Infinite Relators. Hi, welcome back. Yay, we're here. It feels like it's been a really long time. <laughs> We've traversed through, through the universe of... Ups and downs of relating with self and others. Yeah, you, I mean, you've been doing We that. say we, yeah. I have. <laughs> I have put myself through the ringer mm-hmm. um, of, of what I needed to do, like self-discovery and self-exploration, mm-hmm. so I know um, who I am and how I want to relate. Yeah. I know, that's a beautiful way of framing that experience. Yeah, now that I'm to the other side, <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to give our listeners any more of a sense of what you were going through? Uh, I think. Well, I think we shared like at the last one. I, I think I realized that I needed to take some space, mm-hmm. um, and I think part of it was because I just didn't have. I didn't know what I wanted. I needed. I just knew something was off. Something mm-hmm. in alignment was off, and um, and so I took I took that time and I shared with my partner I needed time and and I really used it intentionally in a way that I noticed I haven't been doing I was I like I've said before I love falling in love and I love getting a little off balance and Mm -hmm. it felt really good to be in that yummy new relationship energy and kind of lose myself and um I took this time to really go inward and evaluate some deep questions like you know what what is hurting in me and like just allowed the the wounded parts of me that which is generally like the little the little person the little wounded person in me just allowed her to really grieve and feel her mm. wounds which is something I didn't used to do and yeah. so I just felt that grief and let it go all the way through mm. me without stopping and out, without judging um and then I came back to myself and was able to be like okay so what if I'm not taking care of the relationship which I realize I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> If some I'm not taking some managing, some caretaking, some managing of the experience, trying to protect something, yeah. which control. essentially control exactly, mm-hmm. which essentially changes it, and then so which means I was out of my experience. So mm-hmm. of course I didn't know what I wanted needed. I wasn't even in my body. Yes. I wasn't even in my experience, not fully. And so I came back to what if I could be completely selfish, um, selfish air quotes according to my because that's a challenge to me mm-hmm. if I was completely selfish and was not taking care of anyone else or thinking of what anyone else needed healthily selfish health yeah, yeah exactly yeah. what would I want and and just like just started writing it down and like really mm. answering that for myself because I don't usually like I said I'm, I'm um yeah I have a really good history of being a caretaker and and yeah. so it felt really empowering it felt really like reconnecting to self and and what I wanted and needed was a lot of self love and self care mm-hmm. and self connection. Yeah. I mean, essentially, like even the things that I could say I wanted from someone else, in order for those things to be interesting or juicy, it, it, I had to be connected to my yeah. own experience in them mm-hmm. again in ways that I was not. So, um, I was able to ask um, for just like a, a, a big processing, clarifying conversation with my partner, and who was immediately available in ways that my stories told me he wouldn't be based yeah. on past experience and um yeah I think there's it, it was really beautiful for us both to just kind of have like a check-in yeah. you know as as the relationship evolves and shifts and it feels really really good and I was saying to you earlier it was like I feel like the challenge that I went through was like 20 percent 
maybe even less, what the actual relationship with Lee is and 80% my relationship with myself mm-hmm. and really getting like really solidly reconnecting with that yeah. and my patterns that I was falling into that of course, of course, like I don't expect to do this flawlessly. I don't expect like, Oh, I'm an infant relator now. So it's going to mm-hmm. be easy. And I have all these tools. And I'm going to use them. No, I have all this subconscious programming that was like protecting me and coming up and, and kind of getting me off track for what I was wanting. Yeah. And there was definitely a part of me thank you Lee for being so patient that would was maybe not out I was like I don't blame but yeah there was a part that was like you know outwardly projecting or blaming and like why isn't why isn't he meeting me here right (laughs) yeah when I wasn't meeting me there yeah um so yeah so if I feel I'm really I'm really grateful for just being allowing myself to be so messy and Mm. for Lee being so solidly able to support me or like hold space for me and just love me in my mess mm. for that to be safe yeah I think that is a very like a a healing um yeah it's a healing process I need to go through because I've not it's not mm. one I really allowed myself to be in before yeah. I love that yeah and I think this segues really well into yep. what we want to talk about mm-hmm. in this episode today is we said know thyself know thyself yeah <laughs> like which feels it's like one of those, it's like all the concepts we talk about, it feels, it feels really simple. It feels like we talk about it in all of the growth circles, it's, you yeah. know, but, but to actually embody it, to, to do, to hold it with intention. I think that was the big key I saw. I was like, I know these things. I have these practices. I have these tools. I speak about them all the time. I get really humbled by myself. I'm like, damn it. I'm, I'm, I'm an infinite relator. I know these things and it's still really hard. And mm-hmm. so to just like, pause like kind of pause everything and go inward and, and like really reconnect to these concepts yeah yeah I know we <laughs> we were texting yesterday or the day before and uh, I think I I quoted some like of our very basic principles for infinite relating <laughs> and you were like yeah wow and I was like it's like everything we say on the podcast uh, is real uh, <laughs> right? we were like oh my god <laughs> And we do, we, and we remind ourselves of this all of the time. No, I mean, and that's what I love about really simple practices or concepts is that they, it's always, it always works. It's always interesting. Like the, like the, the master move of returning to myself when I'm in a period of destabilization, when my relationship is feeling messy and uncomfortable, when I'm in conflict with someone yeah. You know, anytime, really. Anytime I'm anxious, you know, I really have that. Like, we've talked about this in past episodes. Like, I have this very strong suspicion and theory that anytime I'm anxious or anyone's anxious, mm. it's because I'm not in my experience. And anxiety literally is trying to control other people, which is impossible. And therefore, you're anxious because it's like I'm endeavoring to do something that I actually can't do. Yeah. And I have a ton of anxiety. Um, so just that little simple thing of like, well, if I'm anxious, I think it means... I'm externalized. I'm mm. I'm over in you know their business. I'm not in my own. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not connecting with myself. It's and I, yeah. It's interesting because I hear you say this, and I'm like, we talk about it all the time, and I'm, it it feels like in my body, like I'm just hearing you say it for the first time. I'm like, <laughs> oh, and that's yeah. it. That's so true. That feels so. Yeah. It's like that has been my experience the last couple of weeks. I was like, oh, this anxiety is 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 coming from me trying to manage everything outside of me which is impossible right so of course you're anxious right yeah yeah there's no possible way for me to predict all of 
all this, the, the scenarios that I would possibly need to control for. Mm-hmm. When I, I can't even, in this moment, especially when I'm in that area, I, I can't even manage myself because yeah. I'm so outside of it. So how can I possibly manage what anyone else? Well, you can't. Yeah. 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 Even when, even from a good state, you can't manage other people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's just not possible. <sighs> At least in my world. No. Yeah. Um, and you're a very powerful person, so oh, I trust thanks. you when you say that. <laughs> I've tried, I've tried really hard. Yeah, we can definitely like connect, relate, you know, have deep conversations, yeah. like, share our share our values with each other, see where we line up. But yeah, that the managing thing or the control thing, no. And I think that I've my relationship with Max, I think, is the first time I've gotten really hot on this idea of values because it's one of those like family values, you know, concept mm. that's like not sexy to me. <laughs> sounds kind of weirdly political or I don't know, you know, it's kind of like, or like oh, puritanical. Pure, yeah, yeah. It's almost, yeah, yeah like where it's like, what are your values? Of... Yeah. Um, but I think I'm really, really intrigued by it now because I, I attribute that to a lot of the success in our relationship is that we have a lot of shared values and that I'm really, I've really been willing in this relationship to um, know what I want more than I ever have and know mm-hmm. what I stand for and what feels good for me and how I want to be in partnership. Um, and then we just happen to keep on wanting the same thing, which yeah. is what feels like really, really magical. And I think that's, you know, been an easy experience. I mean, not that it hasn't been hard. There's, you know, there's obviously been things that I've gone through for sure and will continue to, but yeah. so often I get that experience of like, wow, this is what it feels like to be, relating with someone that cares about the same things I do, you know, because often I feel like we, in couples or when I've been in a couplehood and had conflict, it's because, you know, I have a strong value of honesty, for example. And then for my partner, that's, I mean, not that they're not into honesty, but it's not like this thing that they're, you know, committed to in the same way. And especially if they commit, if they're more committed to something like longevity, right. You know, like some of these, some of them are overlapping compatible Mm -hmm. and some of them can be really, yeah, yeah, not totally. Or like quality time, you know, and intimacy and closeness. And then it could be a value. And then someone else having autonomy and, you know, personal expression of value and like, and we can have both of those, you know, right. and I feel like Max and I have a lot of values that can not conflict, but that, you know, we both value immense freedom and immense intimacy. So like, you know, that is great. Yeah. But as you were talking at the beginning, my, my mind was geeking out because that's what I my mind it. does. I want to hear it. Yes. <laughs> that was over here. Yeah. I was geeking out on this values thing and I was, okay, I have not. I've not gone far in this thought process because I was just kind of spacing out about it for a little bit earlier. And I do want our listeners to know I have a horrible case of poison oak right now. So I feel very half masked here. Mm, <laughs> so yeah. I've been like inflamed for like a week and I'm, I'm tired. So I don't know if my thinking is totally as solid as normal. But um, I was thinking about a relationship like a math problem. And <laughs> Amazing, I love this. Great. Okay, I'm not. I, I mean, you know, I took calculus in high school or whatever, but I can't say I remember it. It was a long time ago. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> but I do know that in a basic equation, because my daughter's in high school math now, there's an equal sign in the middle, and then the two sides have to be the same. To be balanced. Yeah. Have to be balanced. Yeah. So if it's three plus five on one side, you have eight on the other. Or it could be three plus five, and then you have ten minus two. 
or five times, no, no, I can't do that one, four times two, whatever, <laughs> they both have to equal the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking, like, I wonder what that's like if we applied that to relationships. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm following you, I like it, I like it. In that, depending on, in that both sides have to equal out. So depending on what, let's say I had a value of um, quality time. I don't know, I'm just making that Eight. up. <laughs> yeah. Right, quality time, yeah. All quality time. <laughs> Um, and someone else has a value of, um, autonomy, let's Mm -hmm. say, and we seem to be a mismatch there. I'm wondering what actually has to happen. Cause those, if I want to be in relationship with someone, then let's just pretend for this podcast episode that those two sides have to equal each other somehow. Right. Then how am I going to do that? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, what's fun about infinite relating is it's not like, well, you know, I value quality time more than you do. You value autonomy more than I do. This is obviously a gross simplification that would never be realistic because <laughs> everyone's much more complex than this, but I'm just trying to think of something off the cuff here. Um, then what would ha- what else would have to happen? And so I started picturing these like math problems of like, is the autonomous person, you know, times <laughs> like two dates a week or something. It's like the quality time person divided by another lover. You know, it's like, how do you, yeah. Like, how do we make it so that those two halves can actually be compatible if we want to? Right. You know, we don't have to ever do that either. Like it's fine to just not be compatible with people and then move on, you know, and not try to balance out your equation. Cause I do think sometimes people in this effort to balance out the equation, we can go through a ton of gymnastics and Mm. be like, well, we're actually sort of fundamentally mismatched in our values but I think if I like, you know, add all these numbers and pretzel myself in this way and, you know, divide everything by four and like, <laughs> you know, do all these immense calculations on my side that I can like, I can, I can find a way to function within the parameters of your side that actually don't work for me, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it can be really valuable to check out the math problem and be like, this is just, these two halves, these two sides don't have, they're not the same number and they have to be in yeah. order for it to be an equals equation, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think it is like, there's a, I think, I mean, this kind of circles back to this, like, know thyself. Like if you're Mm -hmm. showing up and you're like, okay, this is, this is what I'm showing up with. This is, this is, I know this is true about me. I know this is important. And I know if I, if I give, if I abandon myself in it, that then, then we've, I've gone too far. I've gone too far over. Mm-hmm. But if I can come in and say, okay, this, this one piece, whatever it is, this is really important. This, and it's like, okay, so now we know that I know this about me and you know that about you. Like when we actually can really know yeah. ourselves, then we can, we can have a, have a reality honesty check. Like, is there enough alignment? Right. And, and there could even be like a creativity period of like, I don't know. I feel like there might be, we both, we both really want to, we both really want to be together. We both right. are really enjoying spending time together. So let's get creative and see if there's a way. And, and then that gives you, it, it gives you kind of a check-in and, and maybe it just like, if you're committing to like, if you're committing to knowing yourself and you're committing to the truth and you're committing to like, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I'm committed to really knowing myself and meeting mm-hmm. you in alignment as opposed to making this balance out. I love that. Yeah. I think that's the key is like, then you can, then you can go into your create co-creative creation together, see if there are ways, but also with, with the caveat that like, 
we might not. Yeah. And if that happens, if we get to the end of this and we do all our calculations and we're sitting there with our eight pages of math and we're like, actually, <laughs> we tried all up. the things. And it's yeah. like, you know, no, it's not going to. Because one of us is going to have to overextend. One of us is going to have to contort. Yeah. And and that that's going to breed resentment. That's going to, you know, that's, that's where we go off path. And it's like, mm-hmm. I th- so I think that like committing to like, I mean, and that would be a shared value too, I guess. But the committing to like, really of really seeing the truth in it and really mm-hmm. finding like what what aligns in your own system like that I think that's it like I I have to commit to my, taking care of my side and know yeah. that you can take you're committed to taking care of your side totally yeah I was thinking that too in my geeky math in relationship math problem of like huh I wonder if you know when I'm out of my experience I'm like reaching over that equal sign being yeah. like well my stuff adds up to 432 and yours is adding up to like eight so yeah how do I how do I make this number match my number you know and I think that 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 I'm appreciating the nuance here of when um you know because when when doing that is actually a violation of myself and my values and I'm avoiding you know by reaching over the equal sign or by doing all these pages of math and being like okay so we have some we have some mismatch values we have some you know, needs and desires that are different. Yeah. Um, and instead of, you know, sort of, you know, with grief, cause it is, it's sad yeah. when relationships change, um, or can be saying, yeah, even with these eight pages of math or whatever, <laughs> this is actually, this is actually just that we're not going to, these, these sums are not going to match, yeah. you know, this just isn't going to happen in this way. And maybe they did once and it was really great yeah, when it did. Totally. And I want to, like I want to have compassion for myself and grat- gratitude for it, and like you said, and grief. Yeah. That yeah, maybe it doesn't anymore because we're we're not static creatures totally. coming together. Yeah. So the nuance between that of like, wow, I'm really trying to force this math problem mm. to equal out on both sides, and it's just not. Versus yeah. the versus like that nuance of okay, like we we do have a ton of shared values. Um, and there are some places where our relationship needs a little bit of tweaking yeah. to have it feel like um, sustainable for me or to have it to have it work for me. And I and I I liked that idea that like and I love that concept of infinite relating. And I feel like this is something, you know, at the beginning of of this infinite relating journey, like nine months ago or whatever it was. Um, oh, it's like a baby. I know. <laughs> we were possibly like dating or in love with our current partners, but it was definitely much more open feeling in terms of just exploring like all the, you know, infinite relating as a concept and how it applies to all relationships. And I really liked some of the, our early discussions about that, where it's like, well, I don't, I feel resonant with this person. I don't know exactly what kind of relationship we're going to have, but I know there's something there. And I like this idea of this geeky math problem for that. Cause it's like, well, Maybe some of our values line up and some of them don't, or some of our availability lines up and some of it doesn't. But when I, um, you know, when I put you in like the lover category, for example, it just doesn't work. But then when I change the equation, so it's friendship, it's great. I like, yeah. Yeah. Or when I, when I see you as like a long-term, you know, marriage material partner, it's like, this is, this equation is not lining up. Right. But if it's like, no, let's be lovers for now and see what happens, then, then the math on that one works. And then we get to decide too, like, do I actually want that? Right. You know, like maybe the math, the math problem 
of reality says, this is not a partner for you, but this could be a lover. This could be someone you date for a while. It could be a learning buddy. It could be yeah, whatever. Um, and then I get to decide, like, I'm not actually, I don't, I might not want to have that kind of relationship right now. I might not have time. I might not be interested. It might not be- most benefit me. Right. But I do think this idea of like, what's, you know, we talk about this all the time, like what's actually here between us. Mm-hmm. Um, and going with that requires like intense self knowledge of my side of the equation, you know, Absolutely. like what, what am I available for? What am I not? And I think for me, just bringing it back to the, the good old values, <laughs> <laughs> like that's, yeah, it's, it's been really profound to, um, just reorient myself towards like sticking with what, what matters to me and being in my own integrity. And now that I've gotten a flavor for it, granted, always with the caveat that I have like an incredible relationship right now that's working really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever that means. In this moment. (laughs) In this moment, it feels like delicious and easy and wonderful and erotic and incredible um, and solid and safe and exciting. It's like everything. It's amazing. Just suck that in for a moment, right? It's really so huge. Um, But I do feel like part of that is, I feel like I'm getting, developing this flavor for what it feels like to kind of be my half of the equation as like a starting point and be like, here's my math. Do you know what I mean? Like, here's what I'm coming with. And like, to not, to to instead, my old habit was like, ooh, I'm attracted to that person, therefore I must make them them match my equation. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. what I'm ready for, what I'm looking for, yeah, whatever. What I'm available for, what's yeah. important to me. Like I have like my job is to like force them into that position so that we can relate, you yeah. know. Instead of being like, well here I am with this equal sign. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> your math is. The visuals of this are so cute. I know, but it's really cool cuz it's like we might look very different but our but we add up to the yeah. same number somehow. And, yeah. You know, and that's kind of exciting too. I like that. Yeah, cuz yeah, the one side might look but <laughs> <laughs> like looking on the math, it might look really heavy, it might look really complicated, and the other side might look really simple and but and that's what we're coming I mean that's the whole one of the um, principles of infinite relating too is like we're getting out of what it looks like, right? And really into what it feels like and what is it, how it's aligned. And so I'm curious, Baz, like listening to this as you're looking at your math equation, how how do you um, how do you know yourself? How do you connect, right. how do you know what your values are? How do you know um, what's kind of more priority over other? Like what? How have you gotten to this point where you are more solid in this? So when you when you show up to somebody, you're like, yep, this is, I know, I know this is who who I am and what I'm available for and what I'm, you know, desiring right now. Yeah. And, and when they show you theirs, you can kind of check in like, oh, is this aligned? Totally. Do you have practices that you do or do you, what's your process? Well, let's, let's discover it together. (laughs) Um, well, I will always start in any of these examples with the step number one, which is override your needs for 45 years in every relationship you've ever been in Wow! and then become so totally sick of that (laughs) and actually have run that into the ground that you're finally ready to risk knowing what I want and standing in my truth even if it means somebody doesn't match up with me and just being like I would so much rather have that like yeah a million, 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 million times over would I rather have become a mismatch with someone even that I adored and loved like Max. I mean, it would, it will be very sad for me, but I would so much rather discover that, stand in my truth, 
bid him farewell, welcome in something else or nothing. You know, I right. I remember years ago, I made a real commitment to myself where I was like, and I think I told you this, like, I would really rather be alone than be in an unhealthy relationship oh ever again. Gosh, a hundred times over. Yeah. And so yeah. I really feel like, you know, while I'm being sort of like, it's kind of cute and funny, but also it's, I'm serious, you know, that like, I feel like that determination inside and that conviction of like, no, I know what happens when I lie to myself and yeah. when I externalize for too long and when I caretake and when I pretzel myself and just try to manage him and try to make him who I want him to be instead of accepting him for who he is. Like I've done that so much. It's so very predictable. It'd be just like drinking poison over Mm. and over. And you're just like, this is dumb, you know? Yeah. And I think that that all my history of doing that and that conviction is like the first is like the backbone of any practice I was going to have. A lot of field research, a lot of field (laughs) research and a lot of like inner oomph you know Mm. like that conviction you know and the strength and determination because it's easy yeah it's really easy when those when those values seem to not line up when I start looking inward and we can talk about that more in a second but like when I open up my journal or I talk to my therapist or I talk to a friend or I just sit quietly with myself and I'm like something doesn't feel right and you know I think I, I think I want xyz and I'm not getting it or you know I'm really sad and crying all the time in my relationship like what's going on like I feel confused I feel anxious you know when I start to look inward I think there's often and this is something I was interested in talking about on this pod this episode too is like why don't we know ourselves like what's you know what are our the excuses that we use that keep us from looking inside you know right um and I think that those still happen for me for sure and they, I still feel afraid and I still feel afraid of loss. Someone's going to be mad at me. Um, everyone will hate me. Everyone will disappear. Like my partner will leave me. Like I'll show the world that I'm a monster. I will, you know, whatever. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll lose pr- everything yeah, I love. I'll prove to that point that I really am unlovable to my core. And totally. going to go away. Yeah. yeah. And that, you know, that I'm, or that I'm too picky or that I, whatever. Mm. It's like the fears, you know, come up. They usually boil down to someone's going to leave, someone's going to die, you know, and yeah. I think even someone's going to leave is pinned to someone's going to, is I'm going to die. Cause it's like, that's the abandonment fear is like, everyone will leave and I'll be alone. And then humans, we don't do well. Right. Alone. Yeah. So I think when those fears come up, why I wanted to really bring up that backbone is that for me, it's like, okay, it is scary to look inside and actually discover what I want. Cause I am running the risk that I will discover an incompatibility with someone I care about. Yeah. And I think what we're doing, and it's very important too, is to recognize that like incompatibility does not equal end game, you know, necessarily. No, it might, no. but it doesn't have well, to. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't equal end game for you as a human being feeling and experiencing, which is like the, the real fear, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, it might mean the end game of a relationship or it might mean transition, but it is, it's, it's, it's risky and scary to, yeah. to really, tr- I mean, and that was, I think part of my experience the last couple of weeks with Lee is like. I was going inward. He was going inward. And when we came to talk to, to each other, I was, I was scared. I was scared of what the truth was going to reveal yes. and not just scared of what he was going to say and share, but I was afraid of like what that meant for my truth. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. I have to choose me. Right. I have now, especially now that I'm more aligned and know what I want and yeah. I have to choose me. So it's, it's like, yeah, that it's, it's risky. It's risky it to really go in and say, okay, I choose me. I know me, I choose me. Let's, let's see where we're at. Right. And see what happens as a result. Yeah. And I think like, 
what I'm enjoying in my relationship is seeing some of those, let's say, small, I w- maybe, maybe incompatibility is the wrong word. Maybe it's more like, um, I don't know what would be a lighter version of that. Like, we don't have the same needs in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then creatively, that's when the, the nuance of like, oh, it's fun sometimes with the math column to be like, okay, well, you need you know, more time with me this week, but I have this huge work project, so right. I don't know if I have that to give, but how can we get, how can we both get our needs met here? You know, how can we balance this equation? Because we care about each other, we want to. Right. You know, and then other times where, so sometimes looking inside will reveal something like that, like, oh, I just, I need, I need an extra night with you. I need a phone call right now. You know, I need to make an agreement. You know, something yeah. that's, that can seem lower stakes, but even those things, as we both know, can feel really scary to say. Yeah. You know, because it is revealing desire and it's revealing, you know. And we and we're in relationships where we're like we the other person can't say no. Right. Totally. Which, yeah. You know, is is scarier to welcome. Yeah. Yeah. But trusting that, at least in my relationship with Max, like one of the things that really works for us is we we keep going with that in that nuanced, you know, way of like, okay, how can we balance this equation? But we, I feel very committed to like not going past a certain point that gets into like the endless pretzeling and pages of math that like try to make the relationship work. Um, So anyway, I guess my, what I do when I'm trying to know myself. (laughs) After the 45 years. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's first really like source my inner strength around my bravery of self-knowledge and really doing that first and being like, okay, it's okay to go within. It's okay to see what's here. I talk to myself a lot. I I, I give a lot of affirmations to myself. Mm. I'll say things like, you know, what's here is already here. And so I might as well know what it is. You know, my desire is already here. I might as well know what it is. My needs are already here. My truth and knowing about this relationship. I already, I already have feelings and thoughts and they're already here so I might as well know them you right. know and like get in that brave space um and then I do a ton of journaling I write a lot on my computer because I don't like writing by hand I write out my thoughts my fears I let myself vent I you know look at past experiences and what I didn't like about them and what that might mean about me now and yeah I just kind of go through this process of really taking the time to let let myself speak to myself yeah. in an unedited way that like no one will ever read, you know, and right. it sounds like so cheesy, but that's really a lot of what I do. No, it sounds really helpful. And I think, I mean, when I haven't been journaling this much and I actually started again this week and I think there is definitely a difference between talking to myself, like we, like some of those cycles, those patterns in our head and some of that self-talk can get really negative. It can get really cyclical. It can go into bad anxiety yeah. patterns. Right. And there's something about the inquiry of journaling that I feel like somehow it just like, it breaks that loop or at least gives the opportunity to break that loop. Yeah. Um, for me, that seems really helpful. And there's totally. something about it. It's like when you're sitting down to do it, it's, there's an intention behind it. Or when we're like going through our day and running our anxiety stories, mm-hmm. like there, that, that just goes whether we intend to or not, or, you know, drive it or not. So yeah. I think that, yeah, that feels really important distinction. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of past relationships, you know, some of the, the overriding that I did, I mean, for so, for years, you know, and how many years of really being unable to, to know myself and to look at myself. And like, I think I've said, I go to Al-Anon weekly and I, I did, I chaired the meeting a couple of weeks ago 
which means like you speak for 10 minutes at the beginning. Mm. And it was really great. I, re- I talked about, and it happened spontaneously because the person who was supposed to chair didn't show up. And someone was like, does anyone want to do this last minute? And I was like, yeah, I just <laughs> felt it. I was like, it's me. And I ended up talking about this almost allergy that I've had to going inside and to yeah. looking within and to prioritizing what I, you know, what I think and feel and what works for me. Um, because of these, you know, these stories, these very scary stories that like, it will alienate me from everyone. It will harm other people. Like it will devastate someone else. It will devastate me. You know, it's just, there's a lot of, um, baggage that we have, at least that I have about knowing what's true for me and times in my past, like in childhood, like classically where your parents like completely don't validate your truth. Right. You know, you're like, I'm scared. And they're like, well, toughen up or right. No, you're not. Or you're, 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 everybody else is brave. Where right. are you? Yeah. 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 There's so many stories that mm-hmm. invalidate our, our actual experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then all the programming around like rudeness, especially as women mm. and being, you know, we're supposed to be nice. We're supposed to be conciliatory. Like, don't be rude. Like, yeah. don't go against the grain. I mean, we're, there's so much training that I feel like even those of us, like, I feel like most of us are black sheep that at least I know was. <laughs> we're all kind of black sheep energy of our families. But um, yeah, even for us, it's like, there's so much subconscious programming that we've been, you know, at least that I've been raised with and just that we see that's like not rocking the boat, not ruffling feathers, like not being a burden, not being, not being too dramatic, not being high maintenance, not being, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's so many things we're not supposed to be to make sure everybody else feels safe and comfortable. Yeah. And if we don't, we lose everything. I mean, that's it. Like, and it comes back to like, we learn that those are our safety tools. Right. Uh, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's a false, it's a false safety. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> We're letting that one sink in. I know. Yeah. That, I think that's really, I think that feels really huge. And I, for me, the, the part of the practice that allows that, or like it helps me move through is 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 part of the embodiment mm-hmm. i think when i for me i get out of my experience um if i'm staying in my head and i'm not in my body like we have so many practices in our culture to not just take care of everyone else but beside us but to like numb our experience so yes. we don't stay connected i mean i've even noticed right. like when i've been like crying hard and i had like a chai latte and i was like immediately numb mm. it was like just that little bit of caffeine and sugar and i was right. like whoa like it just now uh-huh. i don't feel anymore so it's like yeah. you know it's food it's social media it's the bit like the excessive busyness or commitment to career or, like mm-hmm. there's so many things and we just as long as we're doing that we're in that busy state which our society rewards so highly totally. it celebrates and to like actually like slow down in any moment and and feel um, what, what is happening in my body in this moment? And just, um, and it takes, it takes a pause. I'm like, even closing my eyes, like it takes a pause for me. It takes closing my eyes. It takes, it really, and then, and the curiosity to investigate, okay, where, where am I feeling this anxiety? What does it, what is the sensation? Um, is it hot? Is it cold? Is it contracting? Like there's so many, and that has been a practice that I've, I've needed to do or that I'm doing, um, that we just, it, it, again, it takes intention. Yeah. 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 And bravery and bravery. I'm really like, I think what's happening for me right now is 
I'm thinking about my math problem still and I'm feeling sad actually I think I have some like I don't usually feel like a lot of emotion on the podcast but I yeah. felt this like wave of sadness come over me and was just because I'm just picturing almost like a cartoonish version of this equation mm-hmm. <clears throat> and on one side you know and this would be a very stereotypical masculine feminine thing though it definitely I definitely know lots of different types of gendered relationships where these things happen so um we can just say two people but where one of them is kind of <clears throat> sitting in an armchair like reading the paper or something and above that person's head is like seven you know? <laughs> then it says equals and then there's this other person who just yeah has it's like this giant math cloud of a math problem they're on a ladder and they're like <laughs> writing 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 and peeling pa- there's pages all over the floor and you know and like to I've been that person so much where I'm like how can I balance this equation like I have to stay with this person like the option of leaving and just saying you know what this actually isn't working for me was like so repellent and something I wouldn't even let myself think you know right. it was like wrong to even think that you know in a marriage or in a relationship Absolutely. but once you have kids or you know all these things like it's wrong to even think that it could be possible that this is just incompatible you know um and that it wouldn't even necessarily be anyone's fault it would just be like I don't want this anymore you know like that the boldness of someone just being like I don't want this is like well why you know why you're supposed to or people don't want all kinds of things like don't you know like self-sacrifice is like what makes you you made a commitment the world go around yeah it's like what do you think you can just be happy like all these things (laughs) and yeah I just can remember like being in that state of just endless math problem, like Mm. endless, you know, just trying to add more and subtract more and divide more and like, okay, I'm just going to work, keep working this problem. While often my partner would just be look appearing to be sitting there in the chair with one number over their head. And then I thought that that was like, oh, I'm working on my relationship. I think that's the part that feels the most sad to me right now is just how much time I spent trying to make, impossible calculations work so that I could stay in the relationship when it really wasn't it wasn't it wasn't possible to stay in the relationship and be true to myself right Um, right so then as a result it's like well I just won't know myself and I'll suppress my needs and I'll add more math pages yeah even just even distract yourself with work work like finger quotes working on the relationship yeah yeah and that's just oh god I've been there so much and it's just rough that's yeah 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 I'm that's hitting I'm really feeling feeling that and and this is this is why we're doing this work it's like this like okay I know what I, I don't know what I'm walking towards necessarily but I know what I'm walking away from yeah and if I just kind of keep feeling my way through the dark going okay I know what that felt like and I don't want to feel that anymore and if I move in one direction and I start to feel contraction then I, then I need to pause because that's for me like mm-hmm. feeling uh, contraction tightness in my body um I, I can feel it like it like so many different parts my throat my chest my yoni like all the way through like there'll be different parts it's like if I feel that at all that that isn't that's me moving mm-hmm. back towards that those mental gymnastics right. that math equation it's like where I'm like okay where <clears throat> Where am I stepping out of myself? Where am I abandoning myself? What am, where am I stepping out of my experience into somebody else's? Yeah. And how can I find my way back? Mm-hmm. Totally. <sighs> okay. So we've got know thyself, 
What do we do? <laughs> we journal. Yeah. We feel into our body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Try to stop those cycles, those loops, those yeah. thoughts. Um, get brave. Get brave. Be willing. Yeah. Be willing to know. Yeah. And be willing to have it be an option. I mean, I do feel like uh, maybe I'll talk for a minute about Max being out of town. Yeah. It seems appropriate or seems like it could be useful. Um, Max is out of town <laughs> for a week. <laughs> and we did have some really beautiful discussions beforehand about agreements we would have while we were gone or, you know, communication and stuff like that. Um, and I just totally blanked what we were <laughs> just was like, oh, Max. Okay, we're going to know thyself and him. Max is out of town. <laughs> Begin to suck yourself. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we love him. He's, he's very lovable, Max. He's very lovable. He's <laughs> um, so sweet. And we were talking about knowing herself, journaling, mm-hmm. staying connected to her body and her experience, con- yeah, not okay. contracting. Is that I remember. where we come? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I was telling you this earlier. I have this massive, or I used to have a major phobia of flying. Um, and that was really really debilitating for me and I've done a lot of work on it and I think I'm doing much better now. They'll have to test it on my next trip to see if it's totally gone. Um, but part of what, part of what would happen for me in my fear of flying is I just felt like I, I felt like I had to face my death and like say goodbye to everyone I loved every time I got on a plane. Mm. Cause I was just like, there's a 1% or I, I don't know. It felt like much more than 1%. It's not even, it's like 0.0001% right. or something of crashing in a plane. But I was just like, I need to take this, you know, this is just, this could be it. And I would right. just like ball in the airport and be like shaking, get on the plane, and like my Ooh. kids and my lovers and my dog and like my whole life. And like, I don't want to die yet. It was just like this very wow. dramatic experience that really, like I didn't fly for seven years straight. I just couldn't, I like had panic attacks in the airport and stuff. Anyway, recently I did do a bunch of good things overcoming that when Max and I went to Hawaii, um, which is a whole other story. <laughs> but what I was telling you earlier is when he, um, he's, he's going on a trip for a week and we have an open relationship though. Like I've talked about on the podcast, we haven't been super sexual with other people cause we've just been really into each other. We've had some, I, or I've had some sexual experiences with other people, um, since really being with him, but it's something we both want. It's something we both resonate with, like being open and having each other as like primary partners. Um, but having other lovers, having other sexual experiences, like in various ways is intriguing for both of us. Shared values. Shared values. Exactly. Which is really important. Absolutely. Because there's, there's a lot of people that mismatch on that one and they're like, well, somehow they try really hard. They try really hard. It's like at the core, if you really want monogamy and the person you're crushing on really wants poly, like, I think that's, that's pretty deal breaker territory for me in terms of partnership. You can still be lovers, could be friends, maybe. I don't know. You can tell us. Do the math. <laughs> yeah. Let us know how that works out. Let us yeah. know how that works out. So anyway, um, so we're talking about him being sexual with other people or me while we're gone and like what our agreements are and all these things. And I can be a very extreme person. I mean, that is kind of my nature and can yeah, be kind right. of hardcore in general about most things. <laughs> And so I was pulling kind of an airplane move about him being gone. And I was like, you know what, babe? Like, I just feel like I have to face, you know, he, he, oh no, this is what happened. He was like, you know, we can make these agreements and blah, blah, blah. He's like, but you know, I'm coming back to you, right? Like mm. I'm gone for a week and no matter what experiences I have or you have, like, I'm, you're my, you're my queen. You're my beloved. Like you're my number one. Like, you know, I'm coming back to you. 
And, you know, part of my hardcore nature, which, which I will say is both positive and negative, is that I was authentically like, you probably will, but you might not, right. you know, like, like I've said in the podcast, Max is a whole lot younger than I am, wants a family, his own children. I already have my own children who are nearly grown. And that's why I'm not doing that with him. Um, so I have that very much baked into my system that like, this could be the time when he like meets his future wife and like yeah. the future mother of his children. And he could come back and be like, sorry, babe, <laughs> you know, like that could totally happen. Right. And I would accept that because I know that that could happen, you know? And so I was really like, I wasn't making it a huge deal, but every time he was like, well, you know, we'll reconnect on their side. And I would be like, probably, <laughs> but maybe not. But if the plane goes down. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, you'll probably be back, but I don't know. Oh and I gosh. can't ever know. And, you know, I really love that part of myself that is like, I really don't know. You know, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with him. Like I've said a million times on this podcast, I hold our relationship very lightly I do that on purpose because it's what keeps me sane, you know, because then I'm not, I'm not like entrenching myself in this horrible math problem. That's like, well, we have to make this work. You right. know, it's like, we don't have to make it work at all. Like that's, we don't and have just to. for the record, I want to say I'm not as skilled at holding it lightly <laughs> as Beth. She does an amazing job. I mean, maybe not everyone holds it, but it is a great. Yeah. That's just about it. Yeah. I, lo- I love it and I'm working towards it, but it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I do tell myself these things a lot. That's like, well. You know, yes, he loves me. He's here. We're committed to each other to some degree. And, like, shit happens, you know? Yeah. And that does bring me actual comfort um, because I just think that's reality. And I like I like reality better than fantasy. But at the same time, he was pointing out in our this discussion, like, okay, it seems like I'm, like, catastrophizing this potential right. <laughs> that, you know, he might not come back, even though the, like, 99.999% is that he will. Um, and so I think for me, I was like, oh yeah, this is just like a plane where I can know in my heart that anything could happen. My right. life could be taken from me in two seconds. You know, something, I don't know. We could right. have a massive earthquake know. here in Bay Area, California. I could be, po- I don't know. I maybe took some poison I didn't know about. I mean, these are all very <laughs> weird examples. This is what our brain does. But yeah. it could happen too, could happen. you know? Yeah. And more realistically, I could get in a car crash. I could get cancer. Like, some, you know, something could happen. People die very suddenly. And so I do think, and relationships end suddenly, you right. know, like people leave, people have wanted to leave for years and then finally get the nerve to, yeah. or, you know, everything changes suddenly, health changes, whatever. And so I do think like holding that perspective is so important for me because that's a perspective that I think is undervalued in our culture, actually, Absolutely. with relationships. It's like we've talked about from the beginning, like, till death to us part and like the fairy tale happily ever after like what you love me you're never supposed to upset me you're never supposed to leave me like you owe it to me you know all these things that yeah. don't work so I do appreciate how often I remind myself that he might not come back <laughs> it right. could change it's, at any moment absolutely my relationship could be over tomorrow I tell myself that all the time and it brings me comfort but I feel like my growing edge with this trip with him and it's been working really well as you know is to be like He's probably coming back. Mm. That's like actually like more, you know, not more scary, but that's like my edge. That's is like edge. yeah. Not being like, well, you know, he could meet someone new out there or he could not so decide to move to Colorado yeah. and be like, this is the best place I've ever been. I'm never coming home. Like, I don't know. He could do anything. <laughs> but to really be like, yeah, probably, probably he's uh, coming back and we're going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and I feel I feel it when you say that. There is there is this like calm in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that feels really good. And it feels like a real sweet spot for me between um, becoming overly. What's the word? It's not like dependent, but it's like. Um, yeah, over, oh, just overly in the camp of like, well, now it's steady and solid and right, we're set, right. you know, because I just think that that's like been the demise of so many relationships. And so you're like, like aver- you're like have such an aversion yeah. to it. That you're the, the other side that there's... Right. But this probably... Well, I feel like I'm revealing some things about myself here I didn't intend to do. <laughs> I love that. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. <laughs> but this, oh, this probably is like a really, it's like a really sweet spot in the middle yeah i'm like i'm still honoring that this yes. we, who i don't know yes but i'm also you're also like i'm allowing myself to like kind of settle into like some space of ease stability, and calm yeah, and, yeah stability mm-hmm. it's not forever stability it's just right. you know right here feels yeah. feels kind of good to settle into that totally yeah yeah so how did it feel in your body <laughs> going back to the like so this was your airport idea mm-hmm. how does it feel in your body to feel that probably yeah it feels really good yeah I feel very focused on my life here I feel very like we've been texting someone it's been sweet he sent me some cute pictures feels great I'm just like I feel very relaxed knowing that he's off having great time and that I want that for him and that's a whole other episode because yeah we did do a lot of juicy um you know like agreement making yeah about that and I think that that's yeah it was a good it was a good practice for me in making agreements about him being gone to do this, like know, know myself and to know where some of my limits were. Um, and I don't want to go into the juicy details here because that doesn't feel totally appropriate, uh, for between me and him, but in terms of making agreements about, you know, being with other people or how we communicate and all these things. And there was some where we lined up and some where we didn't. Right. And so there was some equationing of like, okay, I'm, I'm coming out clearly with, you know, wanting X, Y, Z desire, wanting this boundary sexually or whatever. And, and you're saying that you don't want that boundary. Right. Um, So that also happened. And so finding ways to seeing how simple it can be to be like, okay, we're, we're not, we're not matched up here, but, um, but we are matched up in this other place. And, you know, I, I think that, that I did go through a really good process of self introspection where I did a bunch of journaling the night before we talked. Right. And did and had a bunch of like looking back at like what hasn't worked for me in the past with him and others. What can I learn from that? How could I try it differently? And then just seeing it as an experiment too. Like let's let's try, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. How about I find my desire now? What I think it is, at least it could change. It could, I could be wrong, you know. Exactly. But like let's just learning. try. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's there's like one more thing I want to speak to. I know we're coming to the end, but before because I think it's really important. Like we. So we're doing this work. We, I think it's helpful to get to like spend the time, get to know ourselves and then kind of test it out. Like mm-hmm. our relationships are a living lab for, yeah. for our life and for these, found, for these principles and for getting to know myself. Like I might think this is what I want, like you said, and then ask for it. And then, and then when it happens, I'm like, Ooh, actually that didn't feel good in my body. Yeah. I, I miscalculated. And, and I just want to acknowledge that like for us right now, the most alive place to do this work is with our primary partners. But I also feel like, and I know both of us actually have a lot going on in our lives where it's like, yeah. the we really are feeling these principles in all of our relationships, like with, with coworkers and employers and with family and with friends. And it's like, all of these relationships, if 
the more present I can be in my experience, the more honest I can be, the more I can be connected to what's feeling happening in my body. It's really helping me to have better relationships with everybody. Yeah. Especially myself. Yeah. And yeah. And that really brings not just my primary partnership into better alignment into, into the, what works for me and honors who I really am. It brings all of my relationships more into alignment. Yeah. Which again is wonderful and scary and dangerous and exciting and all the things. I know. Yeah. I think that maybe I'll end with the reason I think maybe I wanted to tell my airplane story too, is that I feel like I've been that friend lately when people come up with their relationship issues where I'm like, maybe you're just not compatible. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I feel like I've been like really leaning on that one lately. Cause I think previously I would be like, well, have you seen it from his perspective? Or like, right. have you thought about how they're feeling? Or you know, what if you just got that need met from someone else and right. you know, doing the math? Absolutely. And those are all like so valid. You know, like we were saying, like, some basic equations. It's like essential. Like no one's ever, it's not going to be like seven equals seven, just two straight numbers. Like right. very rarely. It's gonna, yeah. Know? It's going to take, there's going to be some calculations on each side, but I'm just, <laughs> I've just been noticing that. I feel like I'm, I'm like the champion right now of like, it could end at any moment. And like that moment might be now. You do. You do. I do. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I'm that's sorry. like, you're holding it so lightly, so lightly up there. And I'm like, but can I, can I just hold on to it? Like it's really, there's something really good here. I just don't rip the blanket Throw out of my hand. hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good to it's good to explore it all. Yeah. It's good to laugh. And probably, <laughs> probably things are gonna be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Mm. It'll definitely be okay for you, for me, like as individuals. Oh right. You know, on a spiritual right. level, we're gonna be fine. But I do, yeah, it does bother me, you know, when I see friends laboring in relationships where they're doing a lot of math. Like, I will say, I feel sad about that. And I know that's my stuff, and everyone has the right to do whatever they want. Right. I think it reminds me of all the times I've done math that maybe I need to do a little bit more healing around or just, like, acceptance of, you know, that that part of me that was like, I have to make this work at all costs, you know, instead of being like, huh, I'm going to go through the grief of, like, I thought this was going to last, but it didn't. Like, yeah. I was really hoping it was going to be you, but it's not. No. I really love our sex, but our relationship's super toxic. <laughs> right. So, you know, all these things. that so like I choose, were, I choose me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I choose me. Thanks for listening to the show. Hang out with us more at infinite-relating.love and stay infinite.